0: Welcome to Fun and Fundraising, everybody, the podcast where we talk with people behind the top galas to show to showcase how they use entertaining to elevate their communities and show all their guests a good time. I am your host, Rob Giardinelli, and today I'm thrilled to have Lisa Cooley on. Lisa is chair of the upcoming Texas Independence Day Dinner. Lisa, welcome, and I'm so excited to have you on today.
1: Thank you, Rob. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, let's get, let's dive right into this. So, you know, tell us a little bit about the, the, um, the organization that um, the Texas Independent State Dinner benefits, which is the Texas State History Museum Foundation. Tell us what the mission of the organization is.
1: Happy to. The mission of our foundation, Rob, which I'm so proud to be a part of, is to support the Bullock Museum. And the Bullock Museum is the official museum of our great state of Texas. It's located in Austin, just steps away from the state capitol, so it's in a beautiful and historic location. And any day that you can visit the museum is truly, truly a wonderful day. It's just an amazing museum that spans Texas history, going all the way back from prehistoric times to understanding Texas today. And we love the fact that almost 100,000 school children learn about our shared and diverse past at the museum. and. I can remember going as a chaperone with each of my kids when they were in school. And little did I know that one day I would have the honor to serve on this wonderful foundation. Um, But I remember always volunteering because I enjoyed going so much. And I think I may have enjoyed going more than my kids, but hopefully they enjoyed
0: (laughs) it as well
1: and and learned a lot. And um, I love that we, we are exposed to so many children and now we have, we are set up for distance learning. So even those that aren't able to visit in person can still visit and enjoy all that our museum has to offer.
0: That's fantastic. And, you know, there's a lot of really fun technological elements at the, you know, at the museum. There's also the IMAX theater as well, Mm -hmm. you know, for really immersive experiences with various, you know, things, whether it's a, film, or it's something about the state of Texas. So there's a lot of really cool, innovative ways that people can see it, whether or not they go in person or not. So, you know, what's really interesting is you mentioned that you're, um, you know, you you got involved initially as a chaperone for your children on their field trips, and 100,000 children is a lot. So it really, it's not like it's this, it's this place that only people within a specific city come to. Children are bust in from all over the state. And I've gone there many a time during the day and seen, you know, you know, Abilene public schools or Baytown public School. Like I've seen, you know, various organizations all throughout the state. So, you know, it, it's really, it, it's amazing to me that, you know, something, and I know you live in another market in Dallas that, you know, you came to Austin, you just saw something so majestic about it that you wanted to, you know, really wanted to get involved.
1: Yes. I mean, there's, there's no museum like it in the state.
0: That, so you know, so one of the kind. I can tell you're really passionate about the Bullock and the Texas State History Mu- Museum Foundation. W- what, what about the organization specifically makes you so passionate?
1: Oh, well, now I could talk about that for hours, but I, I will not do that since <laughs> I know we were on a time limit, time constraint <laughs> here. But, um, first of all, you know, I think I'm like a lot of people. I just, I love my state. I'm so proud to live here and to be a Texan. And there's a pride that we Texans have that you just don't see anywhere else. And I've been all across the country. and It's, you know, it's really special to live here. And I wasn't born here, but as we love to say, I got here as fast as I could. And I can proudly say I've lived here almost 40 years. So I consider myself a, a true Texan. I love our rich history and how we came to be and the Alamo and Davy Crockett and Sam Houston. And um, I'm actually, as we speak, reading a book called Unflinching Courage by uh, the Honorable Kay Bailey Hutchison. And it's about uh, the first women in Texas and the amazing things these women did and the courage they showed in coming here and leaving the safety and security and all that they knew to journey to Texas and forge a new life with their families.
0: You know, and you know it's always fun to um, you know talk about the strong Texas woman. And you know, I, I know that I sat with you at the dinner last year, and when I did that, I think I we were talking about that a little bit, and I had mentioned how um, my husband. Was once a judge from Miss Texas, and there was the you know the mother of the person who headed the whole Miss Texas organization took all the judges in a, and drove a fifteen passenger van. So you got this little you know woman probably in her seventies doing that, and all the other judges were from other states. So Lance was pretty much the only one who was from Texas, and we got I'll never forget getting off the shuttle, and um, one of the other judges saying. Is this really when they say the strong Texas woman, is this what they mean? I'm like, absolutely. There's just a roll up your sleeves and a can-do attitude. So I think it's great that Kay has, you know, written this book to really kind of showcase that and showcase, you know, you know, the power that, you know, Texas women and women in, in general, you know, really have in showcase.
1: Yes, exactly. It was, you know, the men were wonderful and great and brave and courageous, but yeah, the women came alongside them and the children too. I mean, it was not an easy life starting out in Texas and the museum showcases all of this. And then we have, what I also love is we have wonderful programs for the children, as I mentioned, wonderful exhibits. We do so much for our veterans and it's just a reflection of the history of Texas, the history of the people of Texas and the modern day Texan. And, you know, I think, I feel like, I'm. Um, I feel like for the most part, we Texans are good salt of the earth people. We're hardworking and we just want to live our lives and provide for our children and do good for others. That's, that's the backbone of Texas. And I really feel like the Bullock is a museum that really showcases all of that about Texas and Texans. You know, we're just, you know, I mean, I I love my fellow Texans.
0: I do too. And there's just a camaraderie from the state. And, you know, I wasn't born here either. And there's just, you know, people from other states, it's just when you explain it, there, there's kind of a a mix of doe-eyedness and fascinated curiosity kind of all in one of just how, you know, people say that they're from Texas, whereas I used to live in Florida and no one said they were Floridian. They would say they were <laughs> from Tampa, they were from Miami, they were yeah. from Jacksonville or whatever the city was. So there's just a the pride here. And that actually is a good segue into the next thing I want to talk about. And that is, you know, the... TSHMF which stands for Texas State History Museum Foundation ties the, the ties the event that's going to be held on March 2nd with a historically significant date in in Texas tell us more
1: about what the dinner's honoring so our dinner celebrates Texas Independence Day which is March 2nd and we have our dinner on or around that date every year and back in 1836 Delegates gathered at Washington on the Brazos and declared our independence from Mexico. And one thing I love about this story is that we used the United States Declaration of Independence as our outline and inspiration for our Texas Declaration of Independence. So I guess right off the bat, even though we became a country, we had that connection with the United States, even though it would be several years before we became a state in 1845. But ultimately, back in 1836, 58 delegates signed it, declared our independence, and the wonderful Republic of Texas was born. So I can't think of anything better to honor and commemorate as we do with our Texas Independence Day dinner.
0: Well, that's fantastic. And what I've always appreciated about the event, and I've had the good fortune of going quite a few times, is all great events, in my opinion, always have a clear purpose and a clear through line. And with with the TSHMF and the Texas Independence Day Dinner, that's the History Making Texan Award. So how do you think that specific award, the History Making Texan Award, has helped drive the success of the Texas Independence Day Dinner?
1: Well, I think in numerous ways, because of who we honor each year, we have wonderful leaders and prominent philanthropists from across the state that join us in celebrating these amazing legends and honorees. They represent all that Texas has contributed to our local communities and state and our nation and even to the world. And we're just blessed to have such generous underwriters. They're so supportive and love to show their appreciation for our honorees and also to support the wonderful work that we do at the Bullock, which we've already talked about. Um, But another thing that's special to me that I think is equally beneficial to our success year after year is that it is such a special and inspiring night. Um, Anyone that knows me will tell you that one of my favorite things is to see a person, especially such a deserving person, being honored in such a way as we do at the dinner. And it honestly just touches everyone there. There will always be some point in the evening, at least once, usually several times, where there isn't a dry eye in the room and the honorees have their families and loved ones with them. And you're just humbled and honored to be a part of it. And, you know, Rob, you've been there. You just, you leave with your heart so full. And I just can't even tell you how special the night it is. I get, as you can tell, I get so excited every time I talk about it.
0: You know, you you really do. And, you know, I, let's dive a little bit deeper, you know, into, you know, the history-making Texan. And, you know, tell us a little bit about how you all go about selecting, the honorees each year because it's what i love about it is that you know you honor usually it's just a handful of people it's usually just one or two and that really allows for really a really wonderful feeling of community when you do walk into the space
1: Mm -hmm. well we have a committee of foundation trustees that select the recipients each year and this is a huge responsibility which the committee takes very seriously and they work tirelessly to select the current year's honorees. And I know how hard we work because I was privileged to be on this committee this past year. Uh, but we base our selections on amazing Texans with extraordinary accomplishments within their field and in their community. And it's also our goal to make sure that legends in the arts, sciences, sports and public service or services are all represented.
0: You know, and that's what's really fun about the event is it's y- you have one or two honorees each year, but each year it, it seems like it's a different genre, and, and it allow it really allows the event to keep a freshness and a uniqueness about it that mm-hmm. really allows you know for different people to come each year, but also have a core group, and to me that's always the hallmark of a good event where you have familiar faces yet you yet you you will always see someone unexpected and i think that's really kind of a testament and a hallmark to what you all do you know as an organization so tell us about this year's history making texans and who you're honoring
1: i would love to i just can't tell you how proud i am to be chairing the year that we have these two amazing men they're men who have reached the pinnacle of accomplishments and eminence in their field and they were selected as honorees based on their personal character and their commitment to improving lives of others. And they're wonderful role models to emulate. And we just can't wait to share their inspiring stories with our guests. First of all, we have um, the Honorable Admiral William H. McRaven. And actually, both of our honorees this year are Navy men. So I love that they had that connection. And Admiral McRaven is a retired U.S. Navy four-star admiral and the former chancellor of the University of Texas. And during his time in the military, he commanded, now listen to this, this this is how accomplished this man is. During his time in the military, he commanded the troops that captured Saddam Hussein, rescued Captain Phillips, and led the Osama bin Laden mission in 2011. So that in itself is pretty remarkable. But since his active service, he has provided counsel to U.S. presidents, including our very own President Bush, and other leaders on defense issues. And if that's not enough, he's also a bestselling author with numerous bestsellers, including my son's very favorite, Make Your Bed, Little Things That Can Change Your Life. And that is the reason why, to this day, my son makes his bed just about every day. And it's just one little small thing for me to be grateful to him for, <laughs> along with all the other huge wonderful things that he's done for our country. So just an, an inspiring man. And our other fellow fellow honoree, who is just as inspiring, is a fellow Dallas side of mine, and it's the wonderful Roger Staubach. And Roger Staubach was the, the, wonder, the Heisman Trophy winner in 1963, after being the quarterback for the Navy team in 1962. He was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys the following year, which, you know, a lot of people know this. Mm -hmm. But what they don't know is he delayed those plans because he had a commitment to the military for five more years. And he actually saw active duty in Vietnam for a year, which I found I didn't know that till I did a deep dive into Roger for this dinner. Um, He went on to lead the Cowboys in the 1970s winning four NFC championship games and back-to-back Super Bowls and helping bring the Cowboys into national prominence along with the wonderful coach Tom Landry and garnering the term America's Team. And in 1970, along with you know leading the Cowboys to championships and Super Bowls, he launched his real estate career with a Staubach company, which helped pioneer the concept of tenant representation, making him one of the leading players in North Texas commercial real estate. And on top of all of that, he is a wonderful and giving philanthropist. I've worked with him on a few nonprofit events here in in Dallas, and he gives so much over the years of resources as well as his time. And again, just the nicest man. And they're both wonderfully accomplished men and generally good human beings. And I'm just so proud and honored to be honoring them and working with them this year
0: well they sound they definitely are two amazing men and yes. i think in in rogers case in particular you know it's almost unheard of and I, maybe david robinson who does have a tie in san antonio with the san antonio spurs where someone literally didn't play a sport that they you know were at the top of their game of in college delayed it for 5 years came that- back And then we're at the top of their game because, you know, if you look at sports now, I mean, you've got to condition yourself 25 8. So the fact that he was so, he just had the determination to, you know, come back and really excel in something. I mean, it really is remarkable when you think about that because it really kind of is almost unprecedented with, you know, the number of championships he won and all that. I mean, it really is a, it's an excellent, it's an excellent story in determination. Um, but it's also an excellent case of leadership, because to be able to do that, you really do have to have good leadership skills. And you can totally see why, you know, both of these men are, you know, history making Texans.
1: Yes, I totally agree. And, and the faith that they had to have had in Roger to sign him, knowing that was it was going to be at least five years before he could actually play. That says a lot about what they thought about his ability and him as a person.
0: That really is, and again, that's almost something you would never hear about, to, you know, in in today's sports world. And it's just, it, it really is, it really is an incredibly inspiring story. So, you know, I think what's what's also interesting about the event is that you've got Admiral McRaven, who resides in Austin, and you've got Roger Staubach, who lives in Dallas. So, what's nice is is that you've got people from two different Texas cities represented. And what's always wonderful about the event each year is that it truly is a statewide event, you know, and a lot of philanthropies do local things. And the Texas Independence Day dinner is really the one annual gala that really does bring people in from multiple markets. Tell me how you think having people from multiple cities at an event, especially since you go to so many in Dallas, how having people from all these different markets makes an event more fun.
1: Well, it brings people together from all over the state, which, as you just mentioned, there are not many events that do that. So it's very unique in that way. And when you're there, you get to see people you haven't seen since last year and have a chance to catch up. And we have so many wonderful leaders from across the state that come. We all share a love for Texas and a love for the museum and a love for our honorees. And like you mentioned, you'll have different people there each, you know, you'll have A lot of the same people because we love the Bullock and what they do and we love to honor wonderful, deserving people. But you'll also have different people that come because they're friends and they want to support the honorees. And I think we have an an appreciation for all that we have in common, along with the ways that we're different living in our respective cities around the state we have a deep respect for one another and really politics at the door. This is about coming together collectively to have a lovely, inspiring evening celebrating the history of Texas and our amazing honorees. And it's just a, a wonderful night all the way around.
0: It is. And you know, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, what people can expect at this year at this year's event.
1: Well, first of all, they will not be disappointed. This is one event where I can guarantee it will far exceed any expectations you may have. And you know, you have been there, Rob. You, you can back me up. Um, I,
0: I will back you up and I don't <laughs> doubt it because I, I I've seen and witnessed things that you have covered and led in the past. So I know it will be fantastic.
1: It's just wonderful. And there's nothing quite like being there to honor someone that's so deserving and how uplifting and emotional that evening is uh, from from the moment you get there, the UT Longhorn Singers will be singing classic Texas songs as you're arriving before you even get in the door. And then we have Sarah Myers from the U.S. Naval Academy. She'll be singing our national anthem, which I can never hear without shedding a tear or two. Um, then we'll watch the wonderful videos honoring our history-making Texas and Texans. And then we'll close out our evening with Representative Joe Strauss reading And expounding upon a classic writing about Texas by John Steinbeck. And I, you know, just it will just be a memorable evening. And then also, let's not forget, you will get an amazing dinner provided by the Four Seasons and wonderful camaraderie with your table guest while getting to participate in one of the loveliest events you will go to all year. I completely agree with that. And one thing that
0: I love about the event, and especially when you arrive, is you have the best step and repeat I have ever been to and seen. And basically anyone who hasn't been to the Bullock museum, you have to go, but there's this giant Texas star star of Texas that that's right outside of, you know, right outside the museum. And, you know, instead of, you know, a lot of organizations that kind of have to do, you know, the generic, um, you know, with, with vendor, you know, with vendor logos and sponsors of the event, you have just this wonderful backdrop. And this year, you know for the first time you had the added element that the plaza out there's a new plaza that's been completed outside of the Bullock. that's really going to add just a whole other I think new energy to it this year that I think will really as people walk up it's really I think going to feel really special even more so than it has you know every other year because you're really going to kind of see everything elevated from you know not just within the museum but all the grounds around it
1: exactly exactly
0: and the other thing and and you were being a little modest with some, with some of the with some of the other things that are that are amazing about the night too but one thing i love is that um when you walk into the bulk you've got this beautiful grand atrium so you see all the decor and all the flowers and all the tables but you don't get to go there right away you have to kind of go upstairs and there's yes. a cocktail yeah. hour up there and one of my favorite photos to take every year when I'm up, when I have my phone with me is you're on the second floor and you can look down into the rotunda and you see everyone greeting each other and it's full of people. And it's just an amazing shot because you just see this wonderful scape of people and you see, you know, you can see the fashions that people are wearing and you see all the various colors. And it's really a, um, it really is a magical really fun experience, you know, to see and do that before the program. So the program is beautiful, but the cocktail party is really one of the best in Texas. And it really does set the tone for such an amazing evening.
1: Yes. And we have a couple of surprises for you, for the guest when they walk in this year.
0: Oh, okay. I will have, I have to have my phone (laughs) out then. I basically, as I'm walking in then. Okay. Yes. Be ready. Be ready. I've got the memo. So (laughs) 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 fantastic. So, you know, one thing, you know, you've thrown a lot of really wonderful, you know, really wonderful events over the years. So, you know, there's absolutely. and. You know, tell us um, you know, what is something that you know you would recommend to somebody who maybe is doing kind of their first big event that they could do and they may not necessarily have a ton of money either. What's something what's one thing piece of advice you would give them in starting, you know, starting or planning their own gala?
1: Well, the one piece of advice that I would give anyone if it, whether it's on a budget or not. But even if you're not on a budget, you always wanna be conscious of the money that you spend because you want to raise as much as you can. But the one ideal that I would say is to remember that it takes a village. And I would reach out to people that are friends of mine and believe me, I've done this many times in the past and ask for their help. I would reach out to professionals who love the organization or who you are honoring for which you're planning the event. You can find that out by looking at your donor list from previous years. Go back to those people. You may have floral companies that may donate or at the very least give you a discounted price. And same thing with beverages, food and entertainment. You would be amazed at how many people will donate when you just ask them. And always keep in mind when you're asking for a nonprofit, you aren't asking for anything for yourself. You are out there showing that you're giving your time and you're willing to give time to this so it's important to you. And you'd be amazed how many times people will help you if you just ask. A lot of times they're honored and they want to help. And don't confuse being on a budget or watching the money for not investing into things that will increase your donations. Um, Recently, a good example is recently I chaired an event where I sent nicely wrapped gifts to prospective donors. And the gifts were around 3,000 which is a pretty significant investment, but the donations that were generated from those gifts were over $80,000. So that was a good investment to put into my fundraising. So just keep in mind, you do have to spend a little money to make money, but just weigh how much you spend for the return of your investment. And then lastly, I would say to take the time to write personal notes, 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 notes. This means so much to people. Or call them on the phone. They love that as well. But the bottom line is you need to make things personal. You've got to take care of your donors, your donors that give a little and your donors that give a lot. I treat them equally and I try to be respectful and appreciate appreciative of them and appreciate what they give. And I just realize that to be successful, I'm going to have to work hard and it's going to take a lot of time. And so that's it. Just gather people together to help you and just don't be scared to ask and just reach out to your donors
0: i love that and i love how you say that it really takes a village because it really is a team effort to put any sort of any sort of fundraiser together it's you know it's i always like to say it's almost like the octopus effect there have to be so many different tentacles that can grab so many different types of things to really kind of go and pull everything together so you know well and, um, and
1: let me also just add real quickly You have to take care of your donors, your prospective Mm -hmm. donors, your previous donors, but you also have to take care of those that are helping you, the people that you reach out to, the same thing, because you just, first of all, it's the right thing to do, to be gracious and appreciative, but you never know when you might work with them again. So it's just so, yeah, so it's just, it's a a lot about just really taking good care of people.
0: Now, speaking of taking good care of people, what is, you know, because you're dealing with two very high profile, you know, people. What is one piece of advice you would give to an organization in terms of engaging somebody who is high profile? You know, you've got, you know, two people that were literally were at the top of both of their fields and getting them to say yes and getting them to be a part of the evening.
1: First and foremost, you need to know all you can know about that person. If you're going to honor them, it was like I said, I love Roger Staubach. Loved him for years. My mom watched him for years. I respect him more than any other sports figure ever. But I had no idea that he deferred his playing with the Cowboys for five years and spent a year seeing active duty. So the first thing I could say is do your research. Know your honorees. Know their history, what they've done, their accomplishments. And then you try to make the event all that they would love and enjoy. And you try to incorporate things into your event that's a reflection of them. Um, last year at the Bullock, we honored someone and her favorite color was was orange. So we had beautiful orange arrangements. And this year we're doing a, a, a really pretty and delicious dessert duo. And we're honoring, we're doing a little thing to honor Mr. Staubach on one and Admiral McRaven on the other. And then the surprise that I was telling you about in the foyer, as you come in the rotunda, that's going to be things honoring each of them. And you always want to honor them and make the evening lovely for them and for everyone else. But if you do that, there are people that know them and love them and love the organization. They will support your event. And then you bring in the other people that love what you're doing and they will support the event as well. But it's just you just need to, again, it goes back to what I say, take care of them, make them feel special, honor them any way that you can.
0: That's, you know, that is a perfect piece of advice to end on. And you know, you have shared so many successful things over the years, and you can totally see why you think of everything so thoughtfully through through, all the way through from start to finish. And I can't thank you enough, Lisa, for taking the time today.
1: Uh, thank you, Rob. I was happy to be here. Happy to be here.
0: Thank you. So the 19th annual Texas Independence Day Dinner is on March third, 2023 at the Bullock Museum in Austin, Texas. For more information visit tshmf.org. Lisa, again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Rob. And this is Rob Giardinelli signing off on fun and fundraising. You can find me on Instagram at fun and fundraising and reminding you to keep it fun and keep it interesting. And your guests will have a great time. Have a great day, everyone, and take care.